Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Disky Discussions. I'm your host, A.B. Basson. This week's episode, I'm joined by Ediski Times journalist Rob Dalport. Join us as we unpack another drama-filled Glad Africa Championship season. We also chat about Mamaladi Sundowns, Amazulu, and much, much more. Uh, Rob, thanks for joining me on Disky Discussions. Uh, it's, not, it's been another season of drama on the Glad Africa Championship. I think we've come quite accustomed to it in, in South Africa's second division. Um, I think this season, though, stands out above all the other seasons, having two winners or two teams declare themselves winners of the division. What do you make of all of it? And what did you make of Sunday's scene, seeing Royal AM, you know, go crazy on the pitch and the same in Sukukuna's dressing room afterwards? Uh, what do you make all of it? Just your initial thoughts. My, my initial thoughts were like, why? <laughs> why, why, do we, why do we have to not know something that... that um, unfortunately does often happen in in our leagues things are getting resolved in the boardrooms and that and the worst scenario possible possible is is that when it's happening with the champions you know if this is happening with with teams out of the uh, of the, the the games that are televised and things like that you know like we've seen before in relegation battles and things uh, last season with TS Sporting and Umbumbella um it's not as noticeable but it, it it really was like maybe you know I, I'm someone who wants these games televised all the time so I can see what's happening. Yeah. And I, I actually was thinking maybe it shouldn't have been televised this weekend. Maybe I shouldn't be watching this. Also, also because you know you you led by the broadcasters, so so you're seeing what the, the the league that the broadcasters are showing on TV. So last week for, for a couple of days, I thought Sekukune were top because of the, the award um, that they were given last week by the DC. Um, although I must admit, I was surprised by the award uh, because whenever I go through those NSL books, I always find it difficult to find a, a line anywhere that says you award the opposite team three points. Yeah. Um, so, so that was a bit of a surprise, but yeah, I mean, and then, then, I mean, it, even afterwards on social media, uh, seeing teams with, uh, albeit not official medals, medals around their neck, uh, yeah. players celebrating. I mean, who, whoever isn't going to win the league, um, whoever this finally decides isn't, is going to be psychologically a little scarred going into those playoffs because of this, I think. Yeah, most definitely. I think the league said today, um, the PSL said today that it has to be concluded by the 30th of June because obviously contracts expire then. Uh, this puts a lot of pressure on them um, having to come to a conclusion swiftly because obviously Richards Bay are in the third position and they're waiting to see who they will face in, in 15th. In all likelihood, it looks like it might be Chippa United. Um, but like you said, there will be a, a scar and be it Royal AM or Sukakuna, do you think they will go into those playoffs motivated or do you think it will be the opposite? Well, well, I think they're going to go in motivated because they're going to have a point to prove. But, but, but still, uh, it can be exhausting celebrating. You know, uh, every, time I've seen, every time I've seen teams celebrate something, it's so often afterwards you see a dip, you know, uh, because psychologically you, 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 you stop. You know, uh, it's it's actually uh, completely unrelated. But I saw uh, Mankoba talking about uh, the game that Sundowns are playing against Supersport, saying it's not a league decider for him because they play in a in a block of uh, five games, and he doesn't want the team to be demotivated for the next few games if if the the league is decided. And I think that's that that happens. You know, if if I think that this was the thirtieth and final game I'm playing in the season. My, my entire body can relax. Um, and, and when you're talking about a team, um, you know, you, you need those guys to be focused on the next game uh, immediately. So this, uh, it, it, it's really a, dis, dis, uh, a disservice to the football and to both teams that this matter wasn't resolved and appealed and all of that in February already, considering the match in question happened in January. Um, and I think I think basically that's something that the PSL needs to look at. It's not always their fault. Um, sometimes it's got to do with uh, logistics and clubs and the availability of uh, prosecutors and things like that. But but perhaps it, it, a system has to be put in place to protect that 
and to just protect the game. If you just look at the first and second place from last season, Swallows going up obviously on goal difference um, and they're having a great first season in the DSCB Premiership. And then you look at uh, Cape Town Spurs, who obviously were Ike's Cape Town uh, back then. They battled relegation, survived on the final day. So it just shows you what a big difference it can make going up and, and not going up because I think every season is so different and, and the league is probably one of the most competitive around. Yeah, I mean, Cape Town Spurs, Ajax Cape Town, Kaiser Chiefs, the two teams that 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 basically messed it up on on the last few days of the league uh, last season, were scarred in that in that division, and um, and obviously Chiefs have a higher level of player and didn't lose anybody, so they so they 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 higher position in the in the DSTV Premiership. Most probably comes down to that experience on top of on top of that. Cape Town Spurs. I, I mean, honestly, you if uh, you should delete our our, our preview um, <laughs> from the beginning of the season because I really thought that they would be up there fighting. You know, um, they they have a, a lot of really talented players, but they're talented players who who, who may not have experienced winning before. And have now now also experienced something of almost winning, which can be really painful. And and then you have also a lot of changes in technical team. You have the Ajax Amsterdam pulling out. Um, it's. I, I wish I could understand what happened completely with them this season because basically it really was, um, you know, they fell in a hole at the beginning. And, and battled to get out. And every time they started getting out, uh, the teams around them kicked sand in their face and they fell down again. And it took, it took pretty much three quarters of the season for them to get their face out of that hole, to just peek out and then manage to slip out. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's, it, it must be, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure everyone at that club, <laughs> they've got a lot of young players, but I'm pretty sure everyone aged a lot this past season. If you, um, yeah. When I look at Cape Town Spurs, I think it might be accumulation of things uh, this past season. Obviously, you know, with uh, the turnover of players, they probably had 30 to 40 players that played for them this season, which, you know, no real consistency, which which couldn't get, be a good thing. Um, you know, they had injuries to key players. If you think of Abednego missing most of the season, he was obviously top scorer. Um, so what do you, what do you think is the one factor that really um, you know put them in the hole that they found themselves in, or do you think it's just the accumulation of things and and obviously just the, the scar of missing out and coming so close? Yeah, I, I think the scar definitely had a part to play at the beginning. I think they they lost a bit of their core of the team at the start of the season, and I think you also have to take the opponents. That they play, you know. The thing is, is that a lot of the time, uh, you you walk into a room that you've been in before, and you think it's going to be the same. But if the participants in the room that you're competing against are different, they're going to be different outcomes. And and a, a lot of the other Glad Africa teams this season really stepped up. Um, no one was a pushover. Uh, and I mean, in Spurs' case, they also lost games to teams like they lost both their matches to Bazana Pondo Chiefs, you know, where no one else really did something like that. And yeah. and had they won those games, they would have been in the top eight. You know, that's the other thing is, is that this Glad Africa Championship season was ridiculously low scoring and tight from top to bottom. You know, there wasn't this huge gap. Um, of 40 points between the top and the bottom. Uh, at one point when when uh, when Ian Taylor was still at Spurs uh, and they won their they won the game uh, to get out of the the bottom two spots and then were awarded the three points from from Cape United, there were suddenly three points, I mean sorry, three wins away from a playoff spot. yeah at that point. So that's how tight it was that with five games to go, had they won all those games, we wouldn't be talking about them just escaping relegation. I mean, I've got the log in front of me and I've a look at Spurs. They ended on 33 points and Royal M in the end accumulated 51. Obviously, Sikakuna could go up a bit more, go, could go above that. But essentially, there's, you know, there are 20 points between first and, 
you know, 14th spot on the league. So that just, it's just evident of how close the league is. What, what do you think it is so close? Uh, and there's, there seems to be very little consistency in the teams. I mean, Royal AM only won 13 games and 30, and yet they yeah. are, are, are champions of the league. I mean, j- there just doesn't seem to be any consistency. And like you said, Spurs losing both the games to Bizana Pondo Chiefs, who ended up being quite comfortably re- relegated in the end. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that throughout the season, we saw a few teams take over uh, at the top of the table, but no one ever stamped their authority on this league. Um, to be honest with you, I mean, Royal AM are, are currently top on the uh, official league that's out there. But had you told me five weeks ago that that would be the case, I would have said, no, no ways. No, the, uh, Richards Bay is going to be there. Hmm. Um then, then suddenly, uh, you know, that switched around again. And that was happening throughout the season. Teams would, would, would like uh, get to the top of the mountain and then slip down the other side, you know. And, and sometimes that happens in, in leagues where, um, I mean, you, I'm just thinking back to the past few seasons where you had a team like Thunder Royal Zulu or Highlands Park or Baraka um, who basically got to the top and then, then, then basically uh, started uh, beating their chests and saying, "Look, we top, and we staying top." I mean, Highlands Park, the 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 the, the season after uh, they got promoted and then relegated, then promoted again. When Owen Degama took over, uh, I don't think they lost a game. When, I mean, after he he took over, I think they'd lost it before then, and then they just dominated. Yeah. And this season wasn't like that. Uh, l- last season was also kind of kind of iffy because you know Ajax were top of the log for a very long time but they were top of the log for a very long time because of covid um because it was only a week or two uh at the top you know um for a uh, as the year turned they they went top uh, and then obviously two months three months later the the lockdown happened um, that that was also a, a, a weird league because uh, Utengati were running away with it last season, you know, um, for the first three months, four months, and then they slipped. And then what happened is is that you saw uh, form teams go like Swallows then flew in for the remainder. This season, so last year, last season we saw three form teams. This season, I don't think we actually saw a form team. We saw ebbs and flows. Richards Bay had moments where they kept coming back, but then the moment they went up, they went back down. And yeah. Sekukune were the same from the beginning. Um, most probably the most consistent two teams in the league would, were Sekukune and Richards Bay, but it wasn't necessarily a good consistency. It was the winning and losing consistency. Yeah. I mean, if obviously we touched on Cape Town Spurs and the disappointing season they had. Um, I think, you know, that's quite evident. Um, but if you look at a team like Cape United and, and the run they put together, I mean, they obviously won their first three games, same as Amatux, if I can remember correctly, and then went on this incredible losing streak, winless streak. And then all of a sudden they put together probably the longest unbeaten run in the league this season, maybe barring TS Sporting, who also went on that incredible winning run. I mean, just to talk about inconsistency. But Cape United, I mean, they ended up on 41 points, but they didn't win any of their last three games and obviously also had three points that they lost out on against Cape Town Spurs. Do you think they look back at this season and think, uh, you know, this, this could have been our season? I mean, a lot of teams will, will feel like that, but maybe especially them. Yeah, I, I think I think they're they're a, they're a case of the the real 2020 2021 syndrome because a lot of that did come down to COVID and that as well. Um, you know, they they started like a house on fire. They've got a very good squad as well. A lot of experienced players mixed with uh, some some interesting young players and. The, the, the consistency looked like it was happening, like you said, in, in, in moments. But then in that patch in the middle, where which led to, I mean, let's let's remember that they, they, the reason that Cape Town Spurs got those three points was they actually couldn't uh, honor a fixture because I think I think prior to that they'd taken all thirty odd people in the club um, to the games because they were playing two or three games away, 
And I think I think 75% of those people came back with positive tests. And, you know, something we have not spoken about in football at all is, you know, obviously COVID, getting a positive test, a lot of people recover uh, very easily. But, but we haven't spoken about how it actually affects players' recovery because two weeks, uh, you know, they get the negative test and supposedly they get back into a squad. But because things haven't been as open or, you know, do all players recover the same? I mean, I'm just thinking of human beings where, like, I, I've known people who, who've tested positive. One, two weeks later, is jogging. Mm -hmm. uh, the other two weeks later is, like, everything tastes like wheat picks. Everything tastes like this. And so, so, you know, just because these guys are young and fit and athletic doesn't mean that it doesn't affect them in different ways, you know, just, just conditioning-wise and things like that. So I, I do think that they may have had a, a bit of that syndrome. Uh, this season, I think I think Roger will be disappointed because I think the team support. I mean, obviously we didn't get to see get to see much, but I also heard they were playing really good football, um, and and there was a lot of uh, you know um, performances against some of the stronger teams who are at the top where they outshone those teams. Yeah, um, you know, so, so I do think he'll be a bit disappointed, but I think like. With all football, you know, uh, it's it's. Uh, I, I've been using this analogy. It's like surfing a wave. You know, once the wave crashes, you can't say, "Ah, oh, man, I, I want to surf that same wave again." It's yeah. gone. You know, you have to find another wave, and that's how seasons are in football. You you can rue what happened in the past, but if you do that too long, you're going to miss the next wave because you know it it's coming again next season. So. Hopefully, a side like Cape United can build on what they did this season. Yeah, definitely a season of could have been for a lot of teams. I mean, I'm just going down the log and I look at Free State Stars, you know, JDR Stars, you know, even Joma Cosmos maybe to an extent. Um, and then, you know, I see Polokwane City in the end finishing 12th, uh, obviously relegated from DSV Premiership last season. You think for them, it's just a season of, okay, we, we survived. We didn't go back to back as we've seen in the past. You know, Swallows, obviously, Marco Swallows, I think they went back to back. And you, look, you think of Wolves in the Premier League, back to back um, relegations a few seasons back before they, they found themselves back in the Premier League. You think it's easy to fall into that trap, especially after, you know, the ECB Premiership season where you could lose up to 10 to 15 players and you have to rebuild and just make sure that you hang on for your life. Yeah, I, I'm actually surprised because Polokwane did lose a few players, but they also kept quite a few players. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they were happy players. And, uh, you, know, so, you know, again, relegation is, is a psychological scar that either motivates you or makes you want to uh, question everything. And I think they also got, got hit a little uh, by the coaching change. Um, I think Johnny Ferreira and them finished the season quite well, although inconsistently. But I think that the, 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 the problem was is that they, they didn't start too badly under McDonald, uh, Makubedu, but he obviously went to Sekukune. And that little period in between uh, also caused a, a slide on them. And then they also found themselves in a bit of a hole. Um, Always, always like they, they would win or draw a game and where it should have been a positive result, the teams around them got better results. And, and so you find yourself, you know, getting two, being unbeaten in two games, but having dropped two positions. And, and sometimes that causes other problems. I think when, when teams get relegated, it's, 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 it's how you respond immediately. And, uh, I, I always think that the teams who respond immediately with a, a, a reactive, strong way do well. For example, uh, Owen de Gama, um, he's a premiership coach. You know, and that's where he, he, he coaches and that's where he succeeds. So when Highlands Park brought, uh, brought him in, um, immediately it gave them a, a positive upswing. Um, Free State Stars, I think they started the season terribly this year. 
But when Alan Fries came in, they they they, they suddenly found that you know they created a team that every now and then it looked like oh they're going to sneak into those top those top positions. They also just found uh, a little bit of inconsistency at times, losing some games that maybe they thought on paper they were going to win. And um, but but they're the team that I would watch next season because they've got if that if that foundation stays over for this season for, yeah. for you know that's you know a lot of a lot of the time it's about how how you start uh, the, how your how how your 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 entire environment is and and some of the glad africa teams have to learn this you know and take take a uh, take a lesson from what amazulu are doing you know where you have an owner who came in and spoke big and then acted big because it's easy to say, yeah, I want to be at the top of the league. But you also have to sign the players. You also have to get a coach who really believes he can get there. Not like, yeah, every coach wants to win games. But let's be frank. There are some people who are um, winners and some people who are survivors. And you, you, you. I mean, I, I see it all the time with struggling teams when when they're like, yeah, we're going to bring in a coach to save us from relegation. They bring in the coach who saved from relegation before. And that's cool. That's what he is. He's a rescuer. He's not a winner. If you want a winner, you've got to get you've got to get those types of coaches. The coach who 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 cries like Pizzo when he loses. You know, you you want that emotion. Yeah, I mean, I just immediately think of Sean Bartlett when he brought Golden Arrows up, and you know that's the type of character you need in the dressing room when when you want to escape a very very difficult league. Uh, you know, you look at um, Steenberg United and Bizana Pondochus, obviously now relegated to the ABC Motsepe. We talk about difficult leagues. ABC Motsepe League is another one that's very difficult to escape. Um, what what next for for those two teams? Do you feel obviously Bizana Pondochus bringing in Clinton Larson? Uh, another premiership coach, obviously relegated to Polokwane City last season, but he had success in, in the top division with Bloemfontein Celtic, most notably. Uh, what next for those two teams do you feel and do you see them, you know, making a, a return at all to the second division in, in the near future? Yeah, well, I believe Larson's left. Um, obviously, them going back to the ABC. Because remember, I, I had high hopes. I'm an Eastern Cape boy, so I had high hopes for Bazaar Pondo Chiefs. But they based themselves in Durban, so I distanced myself from them at the moment. But but basically, yeah, I, I really did feel sorry for them. I felt sorry for them, and I felt sorry for Pretoria Callies, even though they did as well as they did, uh, all things considering, because they were promoted in the same month that the league started. And when you're going from a semi-pro amateur team to a professional team, uh, I mean, you you have to acquire players. You have you have to you uh, unless you've got very lucky, which I think Pretoria Callies actually did. Um, they had players who had experienced professional football before, so it was a little easier for some of them. But Bazana Pondo Chiefs, you know, they were like, "Oh, we need experience. Um, who's available?" Uh, you have these old guys who are who have wonderful experience, but not necessarily experience in the glad Africa. Some of them like Musa Bilinkulu and these sorts of guys had experience in top flight football. They've never really experienced what Bazano were going to go through. Um, so while I'm sure they added a lot of value and brought a lot of value to the players, they weren't necessarily going to save them. Um, Bazano also, unfortunately, it's a case of them stumbling um, throughout and never being able to get, I mean, maybe if they'd been in the Eastern Cape in their hometown, that might have been what what was needed. But unfortunately, they, they didn't have time to get those facilities and that up to standard or anything like that. Yeah. Um, Steenberg, you know, I know for uh, when I interviewed Nassif Morris, who was in charge of Steenberg at the beginning of the season, that he had zero players signed. Uh, when he took over as coach. There was not one contracted player. So technically, they started from scratch too. Yeah. And yes, they brought a lot of the players who were there last season and that. But yeah, it, it, it's it's such a difficult one because they, they're, I mean, if you look at their uh, movement in the league, they kept looking like they were about to push up and then drop down. 
about to push up. And, and I, I just think that perhaps the quality of the squad and um, just wasn't at the same level as some of the uh, as some of the others. They didn't have as many match wins. Uh, some of their be- the players that had been match winners for them the year before had moved on to other other clubs. Um, Mike Lukubeni uh, came back as coach, and, and for at, at times it looked like it was going to become like the Steenberg of old, who who who, who battle for results and, and and have have some good results through some good goals, and they fighters. Um, but they're going back to familiar territory now. Uh, that's that's where they fought for like a decade, you know, with, they were winning the ABC Motsepe League every second season, not making it through the playoffs, then finally did. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there because with them, I'm, I, I don't know if they want to go through all of that again. You might find it, it's one of the clubs that franchises ends up getting sold. With Bazana, I think they've now got the taste. Uh, I, th- I think they're going to go back and try and do it again. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. Uh, listen, it's it's the hardest thing to do because you ABC Matsepe League, you you win your league, you champions. You you then have to go and meet nine other champions, and if you're the worst champion, you have no chance. If yeah. you're a, a champ, you know I, 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 the 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 playoffs. I mean, nine into two is just not maths. You can't you can't divide nine into two. It's it's unfair, but it uh, but that's unfortunately the system that we work. Yeah, wish them all the best of luck. And yeah, maybe just on, on let's end with the champions, so to speak. Um, as things stand on the Premier Soccer League's website, they are the champions. So let's talk about Royal AM. What's, you know, just to end things off on, on the Glad Africa Championship, what will they bring to the top division? Obviously, an owner with a lot of money, a chairperson who's the youngest in the league, probably one of the youngest in the world, if not the youngest in the world at 19. Um, you know, they seem to, they said, I think they said in, after the, the win against Amatux that they'll bring some spice to the league, which I don't doubt. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. What do you think, you know, what, what can the premiership teams expect from them? And, and obviously another KZN team that's got high ambitions. I mean, they'll probably come up and say, you know, we want to win the league this season and why not? Yeah, uh, look, look, if it's Royal AM, it, it's going to be fun. Uh, they are a fun team. They've always been a fun team, even before in, in their, their previous form of Royal Eagles. I mean, I could go watch a Glad or an NFD game at the time and see Catlejo Ampela. Um, you know, they, they would they throughout the years they, they Royal Eagles signed a lot of top, top, top players. You know, and just they were they were a bit of the glamour team of, of the of the of the league. Um, but for some reason, they just couldn't push on and, and get promotion. And, and they've had better squads than this squad that they have currently, you know, in those, those years. I mean, especially on paper. Um, I, think, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they bring. Like, I think they're going to bring very nice kits, awesome tracksuits, uh, helicopter arrivals of the chair lady, um, it, it 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 could or chair sorry the owner um, I think I think they bring something that a lot of teams forget is important um, and that is a club personality you know um, with it with it look it might not be everybody's cup of tea but but it's good to see that character in our league. You know, it's it's what makes Orlando Pirates and Kaiser Chiefs and Mamelodi Sundowns great is that the clubs all have character. Some sometimes some other teams they just, you know, they just they they, they um, books without a cover, um, and sometimes having a cover on a book uh, makes you like hey, I want to read this. Bedazzled, even if the story, bedazzled book, yeah, <laughs> the bedazzled book, uh, and, and they're a bit of a bedazzled team. And yeah. and let's just 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 in case it turns the other way around and and Seku Kune do go up, they're less bedazzled but just as shiny. I mean, they were had a very impressive uh, launch, a very impressive first season. By all accounts, people who've even worked at the club and left the club, like Johnny Ferreira, speak very highly of the owners and the ambitions and 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 they've. I mean, they brought in uh, uh, Tembus Atoli from Free State now in their youth department. 
Um, you know, they, 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 they're an ambitious club who look like they're trying to do things correctly. Yeah. Um, so they could also be good. I, I'm Listen, whoever comes up is exciting. Um, this past season, we've seen with Swallows that the, the, the gap is not as big as everybody thinks it is. You know, we saw it in the Nedbank Cup as well. You know, the, the, the gap between Richard's Bay beating Kaiser Chiefs is not David versus Goliath. It's Mike Tyson versus Evander Holyfield. Okay. Yeah, you expect the guy who can punch to win, but it's not necessarily going to happen. And and that's something I kind of like about our, I mean, I like about our league, but it's also something that the top teams need to realize that if you want to be a top team, you've got to be like Sundance. You know, when you have 11 players out, they have 11 stars coming in. There's a, there's a different level. Um, and that's, that, that's what the premiership should be like compared to the Glad Africa. But it's not. It, it, I mean, I, I, maybe Bazana, Ponder Chiefs and Kaiser Chiefs are different. Uh, maybe the bottom teams of the Glad Africa. But as we've seen how tight the Glad Africa was, I would be, say that 13 teams... Um, if they had got promoted this season, it wouldn't. It, they they would be competitive next season. Yeah, that's a good place to to start. Maybe in terms of the DSCB Premiership uh, Sundowns, who could be um, you know uh, crowned champions before this podcast actually comes out. If they they beat Super Sport United, it's just it's almost like they just went or, through or, the. Or if Amazulu, or if Amazulu lose to Orlando is. Pirates tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Um, so by all means, they are champions already. I can't see them slipping up in the final few games of the season. Um, they almost didn't move out of third gear. I felt, you know, there was that that slight dip in form where Amazulu, you know, saw a window, but they, they quickly shut that window um, before they went on their Champions League journey, um, obviously losing to Al-Akhli in the end. Uh, what did you make of Sundowns this season? They on course for a fourth title in a row. Um, you know, the, the coaching trident took over from Pizzo and it's almost as if nothing has changed. They signed really well, I thought. They, they've gone through a few patchy transfer windows in the past, but I felt that they brought in really good players. It actually added a lot of value. Uh, what did you make of them this season, just quickly? Um, and do you, think, do you think there is a team that could stop them in the near future? Start with the second one. Is there a team that can stop them? Well, that's up to the other teams. You know, if you're going to compete, you've got to compete properly. Sundowns, this was a transition season for them. Uh, we saw it with the slight changes in player personnel, uh, the way they brought in some of the younger guys and sidelined some of their older guys. Um, if this is a transition season, season I think uh, other clubs need to be careful. Because I personally think that Sundowns are, this season, one of the best three clubs on the continent. They just happen to unfortunately meet one of the other top three clubs in the continent in the last eight. Mm. Um, had they gone in maybe in any of the other draws in the semifinal, I think, they, I mean, in the quarterfinals, I think they'd be in the CAF Champions League semifinals. Um, you know, I think Sundowns, this season in the league, were, you know, we talk about a slump and a slump, a slump for Sundowns was not, uh, it wasn't like losing three games. It wasn't even losing two games. It was, it was drawing. Yeah. drawing. Yeah, it was losing a game. It was like, oh my God, what the hell? That's how good they are at the moment. You know, we, and when they lost, everybody was, everybody's jaws dropped. You know, it was a shock loss. And it was a shock loss because of was it two goals in three minutes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was the Chiefs afterward. It wasn't like they were losing to some other team. No, it, it, <laughs> exactly. They lost to Kaiser Chiefs and, in, and maybe for 15 minutes of that game, they were outplayed. Yeah. For maybe, and, and that's, I think I'm being kind. And we were like, oh, wow, what a slump. <laughs> you know? um, but that's how good th that team is and how much they are improving. And I, again, I, I'd be warning other teams because Peter Shalilila has only just come into the team. Um, they've managed, I mean, if I don't see them necessarily losing too many players at the end of the season. Um, and even the players that they could lose were rotational players. You know, um, 
guys who, who, who might be first choice in 90% of other teams, but they were rotating. I mean, some of their stars were rotating in that team. Um, yeah, I think, I think they're deserving champions this season. Um, it tells you a lot about the season as well, that a team that could, could be 13th in December um, are second and really are the other form team. You know, and the way I mean, and, and I think that is the, the thing about this season is that sundowns, everything is expected. What Benny's done at Amazulu and what Mandlan Sakazi has done at Golden Arrows, that's a bit less expected. Um, you know, and I, I really did expect Benny to to do wonders at Amazulu. But I was thinking, I was thinking 2021, 2022. You know, I wasn't expecting this this race up, and I mean that they won result away from Champions League football, um, and that if they beat Pirates tomorrow, I don't think Pirates can catch them anymore, and that's it. Um, you know, uh, so so Sundowns are, are going to be. And that's going to be the interesting thing for me is is that here's this here are these upstarts now in Amazulu. What do they sign? Uh, do they bring in players who can challenge? Because yeah. they've certain, you know, they've got the the fight. And what does this say to the other big teams, the the teams who should be punching, like Supersport, who are playing them this evening? I mean, Supersport have a very talented squad, um, and they really should be uh, more consistent. Um, obviously, Pirates. Uh, a, a similar a similar story. I think Pirates have a very talented squad, but it's like at the moment they have all these colors in the paint palette, but they don't quite know what color to paint this guy. Uh, the combinations and things aren't quite working yet. You you see it in moments. You see these um, these these blitz moments that they have, and you think, "Geez, that's good." And then a moment later, they'll concede on the other end. Um, so that consistency isn't there with them, and obviously Chiefs. I I, 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 I think Chiefs are the anomaly this season. And um, I keep looking at the squad of players that they have, even the guys they have now, and think, well, yeah, I mean, obviously they psychologically were disturbed or uh, and had a bit of a had a bit of a block because those players are, are better than that. You know, so the next season I expect them with with more signings to be challenging. But what are Sundowns going to do? Because you know, um, it's it, it's it's like if uh, again using silly analogies. But if we're in the same race and I'm a hundred meters ahead of you, and I don't stop sprinting, I'm always going to be a hundred meters ahead of you. So you really have to do more work behind me and hope that I stop sprinting. And, you know, talking to people who've been at, uh, who were at Sundowns 14 years ago and 15 years ago, some of the players, none of them are surprised by what's happening because they were there when Mutsepe came in. And a lot of them have told me that uh, from day one, what is happening now was what that, what Patrice and, and now the Mutsepe family, I guess, as owners um, wanted, you know. They 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 set those goals and then they kept furthering those goals. Yeah. And so you first have to catch up with Sundowns. Um, yeah, I think I think I think that's going to be interesting to see if anybody can catch up with Sundowns or whether they can or, or whether they're going to self implode ever. Because I don't know if I, I still think they're a work in progress. When I watch them, I'm like they outplay most teams. But when I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, those guys haven't got a combination yet. When when they click. That's going to be interesting, you know, whether it be Aubrey Mudiba, who shown signs recently of, of, of performing really well. Yeah. But for a lot of the season, he was there, but not quite clicking. Um, Nkolize as well. These guys are only just clicking into the team as well. So if that ever works... Yeah, I think I think other teams have got a, a big battle ahead of them. Yeah, there's that famous photo, I think, of Motsepe at Loftus where he just uh, bought the club or bought full ownership of the club. And you think back of, obviously, in the 70s when, when Kaiser started, the you know, Kaiser Chiefs, and maybe there could be parallels between what, what's happening at Mazulu. And we can maybe say in 10 years' time, um, you know, the ownership that came in in 2000 and what was it, 2020, 2029, they they had this vision in 10 years' time. 
And, you know, you look at the results and obviously it's difficult to say after a few months, it could have just been a, you know, a phase that they were going through um, a bit of luck on their side, 16 games unbeaten before losing to Barocca. But you look at them and think, you oh, they've got an owner now that can, can take them to the next level. That in 10 years time, Ambazulu is a force, not only in South Africa, but maybe on the continent. Yeah, I think Amazulu are just going to be an interesting one to watch because, uh, you know, again, everything they've done right so far. But you have to keep doing it. That's the whole thing about, like, football and, and why, why um, I, I see people always talking about, yeah, I know in our days this happened, we were far more professional, uh, but they weren't, you know. There's certain certain elements were more professional, but the game evolves, and that's what new club owners um, have to realize as well. Like Amazulu, as long as Mister Mister Zungu and Mister Zungu maintain this, uh, ins- the, 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 they're inspiring to watch. But next year they have to be equally inspiring because football evolves. You know. Um, it's it's I see it so often where uh, where you start to think that okay well we've built this foundation now we can just sail along. It doesn't work like that, you know. Uh, in business, you always have to keep changing. You have to keep uh, things at a next level. You can't say ah, oh, but I bought we signed these players last season. That doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Mulenga, uh, Mamela, fantastic this season. There's no guarantee they're going to be fantastic next season. So you have to hope that, but also hope that you the next lot of players that you sign take the game to the next level. And they've been they've been very fortunate that they actually, I mean, when, when Benny came in, they had obviously signed a lot of those players already. So they had a bunch of hungry players. They 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 added uh um the the aura of Benny. I've also been fortunate enough to watch him work. He's also, I mean, puts a lot of effort in. Uh, he, they, I, I actually, I, I interviewed him about three weeks ago, and I, I, it's one of the perceptions that I wanted to break about him that it's not. Benny has an aura when he walks into a room, but yeah. people forget that the hard work he put in as a player as well. Yeah. You know, all all his former teammates would tell me, "Yeah, Benny was great jokes and everything in the changing room," but on the field, he was the hardest worker. And he he actually didn't enjoy jokers at work, you know. He would he would he would. Uh, I remember Dane Kate actually going on radio once and telling Marawa how they were leading two nil at halftime, and he walked into the dressing room or 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 happy and all of that. And Benny and them clapped him on the head and said, "Wait, you haven't done anything." Also, you know, Amazulu, we, you you're talking about the the big future. Benny's not going to be there for ten years, so so who who comes after Benny? You know, do do you know you 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 have to be thinking about not necessarily thinking about who, but you have to be thinking about the type of coach you want. You know, you can't go uh, uh, like uh, medium high, medium high, and expect to be on high all the time. Yeah, uh, they are. Co- you know, you have to make sure that you bring in the right people always and players as well. And so, so they're going to be a fun one to watch because we've seen a lot of teams uh, start on these highs. Maintaining it is difficult. Cape Town City kind of went through a bit of a slump, you know, they're, they're still up there, but it's because they're up there because of that beginning start. I, I, always, I actually teased John um, recently because I was at the airport when Cape Town City players arrived for the first time. And John pulled me aside then and said, oh, just, just as long as we can avoid, avoid relegation this season. And th- four weeks later or five weeks later when the season started and everything started so great, that was yeah. the only time I ever heard John talk about relegation. You know, it's the only time ever was before the club even had a name. Um, after that, the, the, their level of ambition was just higher. And, you know, you have to maintain that. So in three years' time, let's hope Amazulu are still at least top six challenging always now. They, they, yeah. You know, you can't, you can't jump out of that. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, if we could just uh, end on, on the note of the, the player of the season, the PSL have um, you know, sent out a list of the, the nominees. 
I'm not going to go through all the nominees, but I think the three players that that stand out is uh, all three have been voted or nominated for the footballer of the season and the players' player of the season is Tabiso Kutumela, uh, Peter Shalulile in Temba Zwane. Um, if we could just maybe focus on on the main award, which is that one. What did you make of of the nominees? Just quickly, maybe just a word on all three of them. I was quite surprised by Tembazwane. Okay, he's he's had another solid season. He started the season really well, but not been as good in the second half of the season. Peter Shrelilevs has come in and been incredible for Sundown. So I think that was a no-brainer. Also a bit surprised by Tabiso Kutumela, even though he's had his best season that I, I can remember. What did you make of the three? And, and do you think there's an... A clear winner, yeah. Yeah, I, I would, you know, when it comes to these judging and voting things, it's always interesting because I'm pretty sure that in that room where where they were discussing it, there was there were maybe ten names, uh, maybe eight names came out, and I always think that when you only name three, uh, it's a little misleading, because I bet you that all those other names that we're thinking of, your Jabilo and Gobo your uh, Bradley Krobler, uh, although, again, very much like Tembozwane, they started the season on a house on fire and then faded off. Um, whew, I, I, there are actually quite a few names I'm thinking of who would be fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and was probably equal to third, maybe even equal to second. Um, let's just, with, with, in Zwani's case, because I think a, a lot of people were surprised, but for the first two months of the season, he was by far the best player in the league. And we're only in a six-month season or seven-month season. It's a very uh, compressed season. Yeah. So, guys, you know, and I think Kutumela, the last two, three months of the season, he's been the, he's been like that for Maritzburg. Um, you know, he's been excellent these last few months. It, which leaves Shalulile, who's been excellent throughout the season. Um so, so I think Shalulile was the easy nomination in this in this in this category. Um, you know, hasn't isn't the top scorer, but he's right there with Bradley Hobler, um, and has scored consistently throughout. Tembozwane, the player of the first third of the season. Yeah, Kutumela, maybe the player of the last third of the season. But there's so many guys who who are really good, but maybe maybe just not consistent. Um, throughout, including maybe two of the nominees. Yeah, 100%. Um, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know what, uh, the, the one thing about football is, is, is that it is a game of opinions. You know, it's easy when, it's easy to nominate the, the, the golden boot winner <laughs> uh, or, the, the, or, or the winner of the most clean sheets. Yeah. It's easy to nominate those kinds of guys. Um, I, I think of last season where I, I watched a goalkeeper uh, concede more goals than any other keeper, I think, in the league or second or third, but also make the most saves of any other goalkeeper in the league because his defense was so damn leaky. He was sa- he was saving left, right and center, but he will not be nominated for goalkeeper over the season because the guy who who who, who can pull out a deck chair can be goalkeeper of the season because his his side were just so good um, that he's always going to get a clean sheet. Yeah, you know. So 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 so, so even the statistics and that lie of it. Um, statistics are I like a bikini, at, like Steve Compella. Yeah, to say. yeah. No, <laughs> and, and and he's right um, because while they do tell you a lot, you also have to take things into co- co- context. Um, South Africa. South Africans are emotional football voters, whether it be the fans, whether it be commentators, whether it be us as journalists, whether it be the players themselves. We're emotional. Uh, I've watched strikers have 90 90 minutes of the worst game of their life where they were running the wrong direction all the time. And then in the last four minutes of the game, they score a hat-trick because they were standing in the right place and hit them on the back and hit them on the nose. And then they hit them on the knee and they get man of the match. Because it says three goals next to his name. And, and when you look at afterwards, you would say, okay, well, he's the man of the match. But he was crap. He ruined the team the whole game. But that's but we're we're emotional. We're like that. We don't often award real consistency. Um, 
for those that don't know, I'm like biased about someone like Klompo Kikana. Um, because of that, you know, from, from watching him at Black Leopards, then Supersport, then Bloom Celtic, then Sundowns, if you had to look at his match statistics per game, and maybe obviously until this past season where he's played less, he was ridiculously consistent in what he did. He delivered a very similar performance in every single game. He's the type of player as a coach I want because I know what I'm getting. Um, I do think in awards and all these things, we're very often emotional in how we see it. I mean, if Kutumela had played like he'd played the last two months throughout the season, he'd have 30 goals. If Tembozwani had played like he'd played those first two months, I think he wouldn't be in South Africa anymore. The whole world would be watching what he was doing because that's how good he was at the beginning. Shalulila, consistent, yeah. you know, um, because, 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 yes, he, he, he doesn't necessarily miss as many chances. He's also a very good creator. Um, and, and again, he, I, I take into context that he was coming into a team as well. So he was consistent considering that he was new to the team. The amount of the, 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 you know, so, so it's an interesting one. But I'm also, I, I do feel sorry for a lot of players who weren't nominated because I think, I think there was, there was no super standout. No, no, you know, like every now and then you have a season where you go, ah, oh, okay, it's, and that's your player of the season. Yeah. This season, this season, there could have been 10 nominees and we would have had the same argument. Yeah, most definitely. Rob, I think we'll end it on that note. Thanks for your expertise and your insight as always. It's been great chatting to you and and good luck with everything going your way. Um, yeah, and, and enjoy the off-season, so to speak. I know there's no never really an off-season as a journalist because it goes straight nah. into the transfer window. Um, and yeah, all the best. And to you, Abiha, enjoy, enjoy the winter. Uh, I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Tisky Discussions. If you have any questions or guests you'd like me to have on the show, please hit me up at ab underscore basson on Instagram or on Twitter. Stay safe, like, subscribe, away.